from the studio of Adventist World Radio Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise. You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Here's a melodious song.
programs you are welcome to write to us on this postal address adventist media center post box 1446 market yard pune 411037 maharashtra india you can also log into our website to hear all our programs which is www. awr.org Before we hear God's word here's a melodious song Adventist Media Center Pune We have Helen Jacob presenting God's word we have a guest speaker 
Pastor Anupam Narangi, who will break the bread of life. Good day, listeners. Today I am going to attack a title, What Legacy? What is legacy? It is inheritance, what you acquire from your parents or what you can give to your children. But do you have to stay in your legacy in the sense if some characteristic of your parents is not good, do you want to take that up? Will it stay on you? Well, today's lesson, we're going to learn something about legacy. Our text is found in Second Chronicles 33 verses 12 and 13. And it reads, In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. And so he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. You know, current research suggests that parents have a lot more influence than they realize. Not only are their kids listening, but more important, they are watching closely and modeling their lives after them. Whether you believe it or not, parents are the biggest influence in their children's lives. But at what point do you begin to assume responsibility for your relationship with God on your life? Today, we'll be learning about three kings and what influence their father had on them and what influence they had on their people. First one, Manasseh. Now consider Manasseh's claim to fame as a leader. Second Kings 21.9 Manasseh led them astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. In 2 Chronicles 33.6, it says, He, referring to Manasseh, sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. He practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. But a few verses later, the Bible says, In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Afterwards, he rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David, west of the Gihon Spring in the valley, as far as the entrance of the fish gate and encircling the hill of Ophel. He also made it much higher. He stationed military commanders in all the fortified cities in Judah. 
he got rid of the foreign gods and removed the images from the temple of the Lord, as well as all the altars he had built on the temple hill and in Jerusalem, and he threw them out of the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed fellowship offerings and thank offerings on it and told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. The people, however, continued to sacrifice at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. All these are written in the records of the seers. Manasseh rested with his ancestors and was buried in his palace. Furthermore, Manasseh is one of the kings listed in the proud lineage of the Messiah. This you can read in Matthew chapter 1. Clearly, this man made a last-minute turnaround, going from reckless idolatry to genuine humility. The next king we see is Ammon. Ammon, Manasseh's son, succeeded him as king. Ammon was only 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. The SDA Bible commentary states that Ammon's name is identical with that of an Egyptian sun god, Amen. It would appear that Manasseh selected this name for his son to show his regard for the Egyptian deity. The commentary continues by asserting that Manasseh's apostasy had left a stamp of evil upon Ammon that shaped his life beyond recall. Apparently, the pattern of behaving badly became so deeply ingrained in his childhood that he simply increased his sin over time. Ammon worshipped and offered sacrifices to all the idols Manasseh had made. But unlike his father Manasseh, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Ammon increased his guilt. After reigning for only two years, he was assassinated by palace officials. His miserable reign was shot. He died at a young age of only 24. Then the people of the land made Josiah, his son, who was only eight years of age, king in his place. And so we get into the next king, Josiah. Let's see what his legacy is. Born of a wicked king, beset with temptations to follow in his father's steps, and with few counselors to encourage him in the right way, Josiah nevertheless was true to the Lord of Israel. Warned by errors of the past generation, he chose to do right. Instead of descending to the low level of sin and degradation to which his father and his grandfather had fallen, he did right in the sight of the Lord. This you read in Prophets and Kings, page 384. What a contrasting story from the other two kings. His father Ammon and his grandfather Manasseh did evil in the sight of the Lord. Josiah grew up in the palace 
and he witnessed all sorts of evil being performed there. But yet, he chose to follow the example of what God had instructed. You know, there is an illustration given to us from Mark Finlay's devotional, Solid Crown. And I would like to read it to you all because it really brings a very strong message in us. Pastor Mikhail Azaroz, his faith landed him in a Siberian prison camp. Among the men crowded together in his cell was a bloodthirsty giant named Yura. He and his criminal gang spent much of their time terrorizing other prisoners. They never touched Pastor Mikhail, but the shrieks and the groans of the victims were heart-rending. As the pastor began to pray about this, a verse in Luke came to his mind. Luke 10.19 I give you the authority to trample, to trample over all the power of the enemy. Mikhail felt God was directing him to do something. That night, when Yura began shouting his usual order, I want to see blood, the pastor took hold of his arm and said, Yura, the scriptures say, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. All eyes froze on the scene. Yura pulled his arm back and he barked, I don't want to hurt you, old man. Go, sit on your bunk. But the pastor persisted. Let's make a deal, the pastor said. You give me just one hour to talk and I'll tell you about my past. Yura thought for a moment. He knew that Mikhail always told the truth. Turning to his gang members, he asked, Should we talk to him? They shrugged. Yura said, Go ahead, old man. So the pastor started talking. He told them about his faith and about the persecution that believers had to endure. He talked for an hour, then two hours, then three hours. By then the guards had come to turn off the lights. Amazingly enough, Yura wanted to hear more. Mikhail promised to continue the next evening. And that's what he did night after night, telling these men about Jesus. The savagery in that cell ended. This lone Christian pastor had proved that even in the Gulag, God is stronger than brutality. He's bigger than the wild beast within human hearts. God changed the entire prison environment through the Christian witness of one individual. That's not surprising. God changed the course of history through Moses. Remember that? God changed Babylon through Daniel. God changed Persia through Esther. God changed Rome through Paul. God can change your family. He can change your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your apartment complex through you. One man, one woman, one young person plus God equals a majority. And that's what Josiah did. One person plus God. 
and he made a difference. You know, you are trapped by your genetic makeup. You, like Abraham, whose father was an idolater, was endowed with the potential to choose God, whether your parents have or not. Manasseh was evil, and the God rattled him through failure and shame, but he responded in the sunset of his life, all the too late to really make a positive difference in the lives of others. Perhaps you know someone who lived a life of rebellion against God for the majority of their life, but finally turned to the Savior in the final hour. And like Ammon, some don't repent at all. This story can easily seem like a sensational testimony of bad guys who turn good or bad guys who stay bad. But maybe the story is more about God's desire and ability to save the worst of sinners. Maybe you feel as if you have refused God's promptings too much to be saved. As long as your heart beats in your chest, God can redeem and restore your life. It simply takes a humble response to God's voice speaking to you now. Will you make that respond? Let's pray. Our dear loving Heavenly Father, we pause at this moment to submit our wills to you. We ask you to come into our lives and help us make changes in our lifestyle. Bless us that we become an example to people around us, to influence them and teach them about your loving grace. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for listening to my prayer and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen.
have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's Word, you are always welcome to write to us. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune 411037, Maharashtra, India. And you can email us at helenrichesv at gmail.com helenrichesv at gmail.com H-E-L-E-N-R-I-C-H-E-S-V at gmail.com You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers. Center of Digital Evangelism, CDE, 000-800-040-040-1704. Or you can message us directly at plus one seven four seven two eight two two eight eight zero. Our WhatsApp number is plus nine one nine zero 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 eight nine zero nine three. And you can email us at Helen Riches at Gmail dot com. H E L E N R I C H E S V at gmail.com We invite you to visit us on our website www.awr.org This is David and I am Madhuri signing off at AWR Do join us again along with your family and friends Till then we wish you Goodbye, goodbye and, and God, God bless, bless.